Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. We are rolling on in Season 2 with Episode 78 here at Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you guys are having a great start to your summer. Now, if you got time, if you're enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, and review the show on whatever platform you choose. It goes a long way in helping this program grow. So what is on the slate for today? Well, I personally wanted to talk about budgeting, which to me is one of the most powerful tools that I think you can have in your arsenal. And whether you are currently implementing a budget or not, um, I certainly think it helps to know how to leverage one, not just for your business, but your life in general. And for any of those who have listened to my story before, I've talked about this plenty of time on my podcast about how I fell into this major debt hole uh, several years ago. And I can say with experience that without a budget, I never would have climbed out of debt as fast as I did. Now, a lot of people are going to view budgets as constrictive devices, a reminder of what they can't do, which is very understandable. I mean, I probably saw it the same way not that long ago. But through my own practice today, through my own education today, I now view them as force multipliers to achieve the things that I actually want to do. That's what a budget can help you achieve. Okay, so when I realized just a few years back that I had over $35,000 in credit card debt, plus another $25,000 in student loans, all on an income of, I think, $18,000 that year because I had just lost all my clients, um, I thought to myself, okay, this is an impossible situation, or, or so I thought. But I knew at that time that I was motivated to clear this off, but I needed the help. I needed a roadmap to clear this debt. And once I learned how to budget, once I had a system in place, I really started to see how much of a force multiplier this could actually be. It just started to accelerate my debt killing. It accelerated my savings growth. But most importantly, and the one thing that I really wanted to touch on, um, and I think this is important for people of any age, but specifically young people, is that it helped me build a better relationship with money. Okay. And so it started with one, acknowledging my own faults, you know, recognizing the reality of my current situation and how I got us there and not neglecting them, which I think is what a lot of people by default, end up doing because they just don't want to face the music. And certainly, there's a lot more to it than that. But I would say that neglect plays a role 
in any unhealthy relationship. And then from there, I had to learn how to work at the relationship, you know, like actually work at the relationship, right? Like a lot of failed relationships just happen because of those two things right there, lack of attention and a lack of effort. So I just respected the value of money more, what it took to earn that money, the notion that if I didn't help it grow, then chances are it would wilt. And thankfully, through that, I became far more hopeful, far more optimistic in the end in my perspective of money. I was no longer seeing it from a a, a cynical scarcity point of view. I started to see it from an abundance point of view. And I have to thank budgeting for that change in perspective. I truly wouldn't be where I am in my life today without having learned some of the basic principles behind it. So I wanted to share some of that with you today, and hopefully it can help you going forward. Now, before we get into the zero-based budget specifically, what is a budget for? Oftentimes, people will say, well, I'm on a budget and not actually have a budget lined out. So what is a budget and what is it for? A, a budget really is a plan for your money. That's all it really is. It's a way of tracking your income and your expenses so that you do not overspend or I would say inefficiently fund the things that need to be funded, right? So for instance, let's say you collect $5,000 of income for the month and it all goes right into your bank account. A budget is what's gonna help you roadmap how to use that $5,000. This amount goes to this, this amount goes to that, this amount gets saved, this amount gets invested, this amount gets thrown at our debts. Otherwise, it's just gonna sit there without any role. Like think of your money as soldiers. You want to give them a task. That's what a budget does. It gives your money a task. It's a plan of action. So if you think about a vacation that you're going to go on, let's say you had $2,000 to spend and not a dollar more. That was the agreement. Well, a budget is going to help you strategize. This is how much we can spend on this. This is what we can spend on flights. This is what we can spend on hotels. This is what we can spend on food. And this is what we can spend on entertainment. That's what a budget does. It helps keep you organized and on track so you don't go over budget. Now, a zero-based budget does the same thing. It informs you of what you have to work with, but it's going to give every single dollar of your income a purpose. So at the end of your term, which is usually measured by a month, there's no leftover, okay? So the key principle here is intentionality, and that's the way it is with every budget. If you make $2,500 this month, we're going to put every cent of that $2,500 to use, meaning you'll have $0 left over. Now, that doesn't mean that you have no money left in your bank account. I want to make that very clear. It just means that the goal is to assign a use for every dollar so that no dollar is left without a purpose. Some of it is going to be going to your debt killing. Some of it's going to paying the bills. Some of it's going to savings. Every penny has a purpose. So this is how a basic zero-based budget might look. So on a piece of paper or a spreadsheet, you write down your income for the upcoming month. That's number one. Okay, so don't do past months. You're doing your upcoming projected months, which if you're an employee is going to be a very easy number to get to because it's uh, it's so predictable. You can get to it pretty consistently each month. And if you get additional money, for instance, you add that to your budget. So if you receive a $500 bonus or something, then you just add that to your current month. Now, you might be asking, what if you have an irregular income like I freelance full time? How can I project my monthly take if I honestly don't know whether I'm going to get five assignments this month or 15? And in this regard, I would just say, take your aggregate yearly income and then divide it by 12. So let's just say if you bring home $75,000 on average, then that's going to be about $6,000 each month that you can use sort of as a placeholder. Now, this will take a little experience as a freelancer to know what your typical standards are. If you are very inconsistent, like your last three years were $20,000 and then $80,000, and then you came back down to $40,000, I would probably go based off of the lowest number to really make sure that we're taking care of every area that you need, and then you can adjust later. I don't really want you to 
assume that your career high is the standard, and then run the risk of going over budget. Okay, so that's the first step is to find out what your monthly income is going to be, jot that down, you can circle it if you want to. And then next up, you're going to list every expense category that you have each month, and the amount owed. So we want the expenses to equal the income. All right, so just visualize that. So if you make $10,000, you want to expense $10,000, not necessarily in the form of, let's say, goods and services, but you know, savings can be an expense. Debt killing can be an expense. Charity can be an expense. Basically, your income minus your expenses is going to equal zero, zero-based budget. Okay, so I would start with your essentials first. I call them your guts, G-U-T-S, groceries, utilities, transportation, shelter. Write those down and the costs associated with them. Now, understandably, things like rent and mortgage, those are going to be very easy to predict because they're fixed expenses. Things like groceries and gas, they might change each month. So just do your best to write a projection of what you would normally spend, and these numbers can be adjusted later. Next up, write down any insurances you're responsible for, any subscriptions, phone bills, monthly memberships, etc. Okay, basically, you're covering all your needs, all your essentials. And then after that, write down your debts. So if you have five credit cards, you know, a car loan, a mortgage, student loan, write those down, and then next to it, put the minimum amount owed on each balance. And then the last thing that you're going to do is you're going to write down your short-term and your long-term wants. But don't worry about the the dollar numbers just yet right next to it. Just leave that blank for time being. Uh, Just list out the categories, such as, let's say, movie nights, dates, dining out, concerts, golf, whatever you might occasionally do during the month. Uh, And long-term wants might be something like travel, big event planning, home projects, kids' college fund, etc., Okay, so that is the second aspect. You've gotten that far. You're, you're doing great. The third part is once you're done with that list, you're going to add up what you owed on your fixed expenses. Okay, so that means your rent, your mortgage, all that type of stuff. You subtract that from your income. And whatever is left over, that's going to be split towards your variable expenses and your wants. That's the budget. Okay, and if you go over, that's called going over budget, which we want to obviously avoid. Okay, so remember, if we start off with, let's say, $2,500 as an example, And hang with me here for a second as I rattle off a few numbers. If rent is, let's say, $1,000 a month, health insurance is $300 a month, car insurance is $200 a month, and your minimum balance on your credit cards is, uh, let's say, totaled up to $500, I'm just doing a quick calculation here, that should be $2,000 that we've used of the $2,500 income. Okay. Now, for the sake of argument, let's just say that's all of your fixed expenses, okay? Because I just really don't want to list 10 more categories. Um, How do you plan on splitting up the remaining balance for the month on your variable expenses, such as food, entertainment, and savings, right? So if you have just $500 left and you have a lot more categories to account for, how do you make this work? And this is why the budget is in place. This is where you look at the reality of your situation. You say, oh, okay, wow, I only have $500 left. What does that mean? I can't spend $15 on lunch every single day because then I have nothing left over to spend on the things that I need to, like education or marketing or supplies. I've got no money to save. I've got no money to invest. I'm going over budget just on basic essentials. So a budget is going to give you a very definitive reflection of what you can and what you can't afford. It's going to let you know whether you need to cut certain things out or if you actually have more disposable income than you expected. It's going to let you know. You know, you might say, wow, I can put more towards investing than I anticipated. I can throw an extra $100 toward this credit card debt. Or you might say, wow, we need to cut out you know, the gym membership, two of these streaming services, and I'm going to have to pass on the uh, prime beef this month and go for choice cuts instead. So the goal is to get to zero each month. And what I would suggest doing is I would jot down what your debt number is when you first start this process and keep monitoring it as you go. 
you know, check back in six months and see how much you've killed off. And the same with savings. Let's say you don't have any debt at all. If you're if you create a travel fund, see how much faster it can grow by utilizing a budget that assigns a purpose to every dollar that you spend. Now, I do want to address something before I let you all go, which is the hardest part about budgeting to me is not the technical aspects, although it can be tricky when you first start out on an irregular income. The hardest part about budgeting to me is just shifting your perspective from fear to excitement. You see, I'm in the camp of people that actually loves talking about money. I love looking at my bank accounts. I love seeing where my money is and where it can go. Even if I don't have a whole lot of it, I get geeked out when it comes up in conversation. But the other camp out there hates talking about money. It's a reminder of what they don't have, what they can't afford, and maybe what mistakes they've made along the way. To them, a budget is simply telling them what they can't spend money on. And to me, a budget is giving me permission to spend on things that are actually the most important. So if you wanted to chart out, let's say, $300 on fun money for the rest of the month, you have permission, you're giving yourself permission to spend it on whatever you want, however you want, so long as you can zero out your budget. So if you can zero it out, you can spend that $300 in one purchase on a pair of shoes, or you could spend it on six rounds of golf. You could do whatever you wanted to do. You know, it's a liberating feeling. If you budget $200 for dining out for the month, you can choose to do 10, $20 meals or a few extravagant meals. And in the end, it doesn't really matter because you are within your budget. So just keep that in mind. A budget should not make you miserable, in my opinion. Now, with all of that being said, can you sustain a budget for every month of your life? For some, that's no problem. In my mind, I do not want to do that at all. That's just a lot of tracking on small purchases. Uh, budgeting for me is perfectly suited for people with very short-term goals or maybe mid-goals, mid like killing off your debt, building savings, um, as well as for people with a very narrow gap between their income and their expenses. For example, if you make $25,000 a year in LA, which is very expensive, you can go over budget very easily because your expenses might exceed $25,000. So just keep that in mind that if you lose every single month or, or close to every single month, you're guaranteed to lose every single year, which you certainly do not want to do. And so I want people to know who are just starting out, who are maybe not raking in loads of cash just yet, to learn how to maximize that income no matter how small it is. Because a lot of us have already been there. Not all of us start out making six figures. And if you do, fantastic. I started out making $10,000. And then I progressively increased my income each year. And then when I lost all my clients, I learned what it was like to make minimum wage again, You know, basically less than what I would have made working at McDonald's part-time. So I want you to know that there is a way to win on a very modest income. Uh, it just allows you to be aware of what your situation is and give you a roadmap to allocate your money in strategic and specific areas. The budget is going to inform you of you know, what actions you should take, and you get to decide. Now, if you go over budget on just your basic expenses, you know that you probably need another source of income. If you don't have enough to allocate to your retirement or to your savings goals, then you can consider, well, I need to cut out some dead weight here. Uh, that really doesn't mean as much to me. Now, hopefully you don't do this on pen and paper because that is just a complete pain in the ass. But uh, hopefully you can use a budgeting app out there. There's a lot of really good ones. I used one called Every Dollar by uh, by the Ramsey Group. You've probably heard of Dave Ramsey. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them at all, but it is what I used to get out of the red. So I know it can help you. Um, I know there are plenty of other ones out there, but uh, that one's the one that comes to mind first. Okay, that is my time for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I This was a hard episode 
to get through, I'm sure, for you as a listener. Um, but if it did provide you any value, if this show provides you any value in any respect, um, I would love and um, greatly appreciate any type of like, subscription, and review on whatever platform you choose to listen to this. So thank you again, everybody. See you next time. And uh, happy budgeting. All right. See you guys next week. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.